Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Today, I, I know we've been, if, if you've been here for any decent period of time, you know that we talk a lot about declarations here. We talk a lot about the mind, renewing the mind. And we talk a lot about, as Jesse mentioned a couple weeks ago, our souls lining up with the spirit. And that's why you'll hear us say, and, and Lisa talked about thankfulness last week. That was such an awesome message. And just shifting our perspectives and shifting our minds. And that's a constant thing um, that we see all throughout Scripture. And so I thought it would be good today to actually take those things to the next level and talk about biblical meditation and what that looks like. So I found this interesting, interesting study uh, from 2020. It came out of the Queen's University in Canada. Um, And maybe you've seen this, but did you guys know that in the study, the researchers actually discovered that in their study, the average person has over 6,000 thoughts per day. Isn't that interesting? 6,000 thoughts. And I was thinking about it. I was like, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we could somehow track those thoughts and categorize those, those thoughts? What if you could say, I had 4,000 good thoughts today and 1,000 neutral thoughts and 1,000 negative, you know, whatever it looks like. It'd be super fascinating. Or what was I even thinking about today, consciously and maybe unconsciously? What was I saying to myself? What was I, maybe what was the thought that kept coming up over and over and again? What was the, the thing that I was, I was meditating on? Um, and it's, it's just amazing how, how, how many of those thoughts that we have. Um, and I think where I'm at is I want to get to a place where I can actually shift those, those thoughts. Let's just say, let me just say, I, for example, let's just say I've got 6,000 thoughts in a day. Right now, maybe I'm starting at an even 50-50 split. Well, I don't have to leave it there, right? I can actually influence the conscious and unconscious thoughts And we're getting thoughts from all over the place, right? Like you're getting it from in the spirit realm. You're getting it here on earth. You're getting it from the news, from other people. You're getting it from the word of God. You're getting a lot of mixture of different things. But the question becomes, how do we actually, we talk about declarations and we talk about renewing our mind and making sure that we're focused on these things. But how do we actually shift? How do we actually shift those things? Maybe I'm saying some negative things about myself or declaring that over and over again. Well, how do I shift that and actually switch that? And that's where I feel like the Lord was saying, the tool that I'm giving you is biblical meditation. It's how do you meditate? Do you meditate on the word of God? Are you meditating on the works of God and his ways? What are we actually saying over and over again to ourselves? So I thought it would be it would be awesome if we dove into that a little bit today. And so I where I kind of wanted to to start was there's there's a number of different kinds of meditation that we think about, right? So some of the, you know, what's maybe one of the first one that comes to mind? You're like maybe some like yoga or 
some Eastern type of meditation where they say to clear your mind. Or maybe in the Western side, it's we've got to think this all the way through. We've got to use our brains so strongly, but not necessarily connect it to the spirit, right? But what, is, what does it actually mean to, for biblical meditation? Because I think a lot of times meditation actually has a negative connotation. But how, how many know that God is actually the one that authors everything? He's the creator, right? So it's just like with prophecy and with fortune telling, right? People are scared of the prophetic in the church because it kind of reminds them of fortune telling. And they're scared of it. But who's the author, who's the originator of, of prophecy? And of that realm, it's, it's Jesus, right? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Father. They're the ones that actually created it, but there's perversions that come up, right? So what does biblical meditation look like? And it literally means to, to mutter, to speak quietly. So you're like, you're constantly, you're focused, you're concentrated. You're thinking deeply on something. So it's actually the complete opposite of emptying your mind, right? It's actually filling your mind with the thoughts of God, it's, it's focused, intentional, filling yourself up with that intentional word of, of what the Lord is saying. So basically, talk to yourself. You know, look like the crazy person, okay? That's fine. I mean, we actually talk to ourselves all day. We may not say it out loud all the time, but we actually speak to ourselves all the time. So you have permission to talk to yourself, and that's okay. You actually are not crazy. So I thought of a, a fun analogy here. So why don't you guys put your little, you know, your engaging imagination caps on. Perfect. Yeah, actually do it because that locks you into that, that place. We're going to enter into our childlike imagination. So, and also this is real adulting right here too. So how many of you own a home or have had to take care of a lawn? Maybe your yard. You've had to mow it. You've had to put energy into it, you've had to fertilize, all this stuff, right? Um, this is kind of, this is where I'm going with it. So let's just imagine before a brand new house is built and there's no, there's no grass, it's just dirt at first. What happens if you leave that, especially in Indiana in the summertime, what happens if you leave that patch of dirt, just a patch of dirt? What's going to happen to that patch of dirt eventually? Yeah, it turns green with for a season until those things go brown or, you know, right? Weeds. I've learned that really well over the last couple of years of home ownership. It's as if, like, weeds are anointed, you know? It's annoying. Like, I want to kill those things, but they're so good at growing. It's really, it's really irritating. <laughs> All right, so let's just say, now let's just maybe fast forward. Let's just say you've, you've done a good job. There's, uh, it's no longer a patch of dirt. It's not weeds, but you put the grass in, right? So you've got this nice lawn. Well, what happens if you do nothing to that lawn for a year? Don't water it. Don't fertilize it. Don't use weed control. Weeds come back. Yep. The grass starts to die and wither. Yeah. Crabgrass. Somehow crabgrass actually doesn't need soil. It actually just needs concrete. That's what I've learned. It can sprout out of the concrete, right? It's insane. <laughs> but then there's obviously the third option, right? There's, we could take care of that grass. We can nurture it um, and all those things. I didn't even know. You can adjust the pH. 
you can overseed, you've got the grub control, the weed control, fertilizer, all that stuff, and obviously watering it, right? So you, you might say, okay, well, that's great. Now, how does this apply here? So the, the amazing thing when we participate in that last one, what actually happens when we, we nurture and we create that environment for the lawn that actually allows it to thrive with the stuff we actually want in that lawn? It grows, you know? It grows the stuff you want. And it actually, over time, the more you invest in it, the more you put into it, you actually see amazing returns. If, if you ever walk around some neighborhoods, you'll see the people that neglect their lawns and the people that don't. And we've all judged those people that don't. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just messing. I mean, a little bit, maybe. Depending on how much work you put into your own lawn, you might be more uh, open to judging others. But I'm just kidding. It's all in fun. <laughs> and so... You actually, you're growing the stuff you want in your yard. You have amazing, amazing grass, and you've got the right environment. And what actually happens when you have that incredible, that incredible lawn, healthy grass, it actually insulates your yard from weeds, right? So more over time, you actually don't need as much weed control because that, that lawn is actually, it's beautiful, it's strong, it's healthy. It's actually, in a sense, weeding out the weeds itself because it's so focused, it's so tight-knit. And so you actually don't have these things, these weeds that can take root as much, right? And so I kind of thought about it with, with meditation. If we empty our minds, right, if, if you're doing more of the emptying your mind approach, you're essentially leaving your your yard as a dirt patch, as just a blank dirt patch slate. And we are, as human beings, right, we're not made to just be empty. We're, we actually, we worship. We always have something on the throne, whether people know it or not. And I think that this is true for every single category, subject, topic, regardless, we actually have perspectives and thoughts that are sitting somewhere in the place of authority in our lives, right? And so when we empty our minds, you're actually opening yourself up to attack by these weeds, right? But when we do the opposite, when we actually take care and we add all these, these elements to it and we're very intentional about the thoughts that we have, about what we're partnering with, about what we're capturing and holding onto, and then repeating and muttering consistently and speaking over ourselves, if we're doing that consistently, we're going to get that the fruit that grows from that, right? <clears throat> so I, I just wanted to say on that, the same concept when you've got that amazing healthy lawn, if we have that healthy environment, and imagine that, again, this lawn is your mind. So if we've got a healthy environment, then what are we going to grow? We're going to grow the stuff that we really want, right? And not only that, but I just love this. It actually acts as insulation from the fiery darts of the enemy. It acts as insulation from the things that the enemy is trying to bring against you, his thoughts that really have no place in our lives, right? So if we think about that 6,000 thoughts, well, over time, let's just imagine our lawn right now, our minds are at about a 3,000, 3,000 split. Well, imagine if we start, we continue to do that. We switch and change our brainwaves. 
We switch and change our thoughts. We choose and we meditate on things. We're actually actively participating in that switch from a, a 3,000, 3,000 split or whatever it is. We're taking ground. We're getting to 3,500, then to 4,000, then to 4,500, then to 5,000, and until we get to 6,000 and all we think about, yeah, and then 7,000 because supernaturally you're growing. You're not just an average person. <laughs> And because you're so consistently thinking about those thoughts, that's a good word right there, um, because you're so consistently meditating on that, you're actually actively engaging and entering into new thoughts, God's thoughts and his ways. And it's actually expanding your capacity from maybe the 6,000 to more. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to... I wanted to just highlight a couple points um, in Scripture. So in, in Matthew 12, this is to kind of display and illustrate the, the idea of what it, what it looks like when we empty ourselves. What does that look like in, in Scripture? And this is what I felt like the Lord was saying. It's Matthew 12, 43 uh, through 45. So Jesus is hanging out with some of his best friends, the Pharisees. Just kidding. And they are you know, they're being pretty tough. And so he has some tough words for them. But this is, uh, I thought that this was very applicable to what it means to empty our minds. So verse 43, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I know, I'm going to return to the house that I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, weeds, that's crabgrass, clover, all that stuff. More wicked than itself. Yeah, you, you can fill in the weed. We all know them. Um, and it takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. Hmm. That's how it's going to be with the wicked generation. So when I was, when, I, when the Lord took me to that, he said, this is, this is what it means to have, to have weeds in your lawn. And if you do not have the mind of Christ, and if you just leave yourself empty, if you think no one's on my throne or nothing's there, my house is unoccupied, swept clean. And again, I think that this applies to every single thought, every single category of life then it, it actually opens up to a lot of weeds. Opens up to, um, to things that, we, that have no place in our yards, no place in our minds. <clears throat> but the opposite is true. The invitation is always Jesus, right? He says in Jeremiah, he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for hope and a future. Plans for prosperity. And, he, and it also says in there, good thoughts like he literally has thoughts for us and so that's what we want to do lord we want to tap into those thoughts that you have for us and then in our souls as we hear in the spirit because we're born again and we're literally seated in heavenly places we're in the throne room of god hey now because that's there's some pretty good thoughts flying around there right <laughs> there's some good higher perspectives that are flying around in that place and it literally says that we're seated there. Okay. So if we're seated there, then we have access to all these thoughts. 
So when we, we line our spirits up with the Holy Spirit, we know we're seated in heavenly places. Our spirit's born again. It's already there. I don't necessarily understand all that, but hey, conceptually on earth, that's tough. But I do know, I do know that my soul can line up with the spirit. And so that's what Paul, Paul consistently talks about. Renew your mind. Be constantly renewing your mind. Always, and, and it says to meditate in, the, in uh, the Old Testament says, meditate on scriptures day and night. Meditate on the law day and night. So there's, there's something to that. We actually have ground. We have ground. We have this thought, this thought ground, so to speak. And we're, there's a battle for that. And so we can be proactive and take that territory and own that territory and actually be the one declaring those thoughts and, and meditating on those things. And that's why we do that here. That's why it's such a big part of our culture because we know our souls are constantly being uh, united with the Spirit. They're constantly catching up to what the Spirit has actually experienced as born again, right? So I thought that that was so important, that we're not just empty beings, but we are to be filled up. And we get to choose what we fill ourselves up with and what actually is the, the things that's influencing us. <clears throat> So I also, I was also thinking about, you know, what else might be good to, to share on on that in scripture, and I just felt like the Lord was saying, just Psalms, just the Psalms in general. I mean, you look at the example of David; that dude went through a lot. Now that we certainly know, if you've read the entire story of David, he was not perfect; he certainly slipped and messed up, but. But the Lord, the way that the Lord saw him was he was a, a righteous man. And there's some amazing things that David did in his time. And it was through meditation is why he got through it. So just some of the things that he went through, right? He, he waited, he was promised that he was going to be the next king of Israel. He waited 20 years, though, for that word to be fulfilled. You willing to wait 20 years for a word and, and continually steward that word? <laughs> that was he must have been thinking okay god i i believe you that this is going to happen this is what you said i'm going to keep declaring it and then he also if you remember saul was constantly trying to kill him <laughs> and yeah just imagine having the king of israel just with this whatever weird vendetta that makes no sense there's no justification on it but he's literally going after david's head he's throwing spears at him and david's trying to play the harp he's like what did i do i mean how would how would we respond to that someone threw a spear at you i'd be pretty mad i'd be frustrated with that <laughs> i mean that's insane and then when he was as he was preparing to be king he had his band of men right when he was in another land, um, <clears throat> if you remember, when he went to battle, his, his, his family and his army's families were actually stolen from them. And then his men turned on him and said, we are thinking about killing you now. Why? You messed with us. You, you led us astray. We're blaming you for these issues. That'd be a pretty dark moment right there. The people that, after all this that's happened, the people that are closest to you, you've lost your family, all this stuff, right? So that's pretty, that's pretty challenging. <laughs> you 
Yet he, we see the Psalms actually come out of all of this. So the response is, it's not to ignore, right? There's a lot of issues. There's things that happen. There's problems. And it's not that we ignore them because you don't want to ignore a problem that's there. You want to address it, right? And so we're not just ignoring those things, but, and I love that. This is what um, Bill Johnson actually shared. He said, we're not ignoring that a problem exists. We just choose not to be impressed by the enemy. <laughs> we give influence in our lives to whatever we meditate on. So why don't we be more impressed by the word of God, the ways of God, what's he doing, who is, what's his nature, and then the works of God, his testimonies and his miracles, right? I thought that was so good. Let's be impressed, not by what the enemy's doing, because when we, we say, oh, man, that's, that's a big problem, right? That's, I don't know. I mean, David had some big problems, and he could have easily said that. But what did he do? He poured his heart out to the Lord. In the Psalms, he said, there's some problems I see, Lord. There's some big stuff that I see, but there's that key, that key word there. But this is who you are. So I just wanted to read an example. And, um, it was Psalms 5. <clears throat> So in Psalms 5, this is David um, just pouring his heart out to the Lord and declaring who he is. So he says, uh, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. Amen. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. You're not a God who takes pleasure in evil. With you, the wicked cannot dwell. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence and hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies, bloodthirsty and deceitful men the Lord abhors. But I, by your great mercy, will come into your house. In reverence will I bow down toward your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make straight your way before me. Amen, Lord. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with destruction. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongue they speak deceit. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins. But we also bless you know, our enemies in Jesus' name. For they have rebelled against you. <laughs> but let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Now, I just want you to think about that, what he's, what he's saying and declaring in that, in the midst of all the things that he's experiencing, right? I don't know exactly when he wrote this, but there is a lot of psalms, and David wrote a lot of those psalms as he was going through these things. Do you think that if, if he didn't if he didn't participate in the Psalms, whether he was writing it down or singing it or declaring it, do you think that David would have had the same life? I'd, I would really doubt it. I don't know how, what would he have filled his mind with? What was, what was he meditating on? That he was constantly declaring to the Lord, hey, this is, I get, I have this situation, but I'm actually way more impressed by you, Lord, 
I'm more impressed by your nature, by your character. I'm more impressed by the words that you have spoken. I'm more impressed by your testimonies and the things that you have done and are doing. So I'm going to focus on that thing. I'm going to focus on what you're doing and saying, and I'm going to meditate on it. And I'm going to play my harp, and I'm going to make songs out of it as well, which is also what's so, that's why even listening to music, I mean, think about the music that you're actually bringing in, the, the words, the, the genres of music out there, and listening to the words. And some people say, well, I don't really listen to the words. Well, you are listening to the words, whether consciously or unconsciously. And the, the crazy thing about song, there's a reason songs and worship and music have been around forever. People love that to, to actually make declarations out of it. People, they talk about their lives. It's almost like when the Lord says, build a monument here, make all these stones so that future generations will know. Well, song's almost the same thing because it, it really requires you it engages your mind, and it gives a nice tune and a beat to it. So if you ever find yourself, you're singing that song, maybe a song gets stuck in your head, that's literally meditation, right? Like you're singing that song over and over and over again. And I'd propose that we're actually all really good at meditation. Maybe, maybe you thought, hey, I actually don't really meditate much because maybe there's something you think meditation looks like. If it's literally just muttering, and speaking quietly and declaring these thoughts, what are my thought patterns, what's going over and over and over again in my head, and then I can actively participate in that, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. So, whatever whatever we meditate actually becomes, whatever we meditate on becomes the reality from which we live. We will be walking self-fulfilling prophecies, whatever we declare and whatever we, we say, whatever we share. And I was really aware, because I was going to be speaking on this this week, um, I was really aware of my thoughts, which I would like to be more aware of my thoughts more often and what I was meditating on this week. And I, I kind of took a, a little reflection on it, and I think that there's... There's a lot of things going on in the world, and I know we talk about them periodically. There's a lot of stuff in the news. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of stuff that we can actually bring into our lives, and we get to choose what we actually bring in. And all those things that are coming at us, those are actually thoughts, and they're actually, we're capturing them, or we're saying, no, I don't want that thought, and we're actively participating in all this consumption of content. <clears throat> so I, I thought it'd be good to, I know for me, there's definitely been periods in my life where I've been so, I've been so focused on bad news. I've been, I'm like, oh my gosh. You, you can kind of tell if you're, if you guys are on YouTube or just anything that has, YouTube will send you the stuff, right? When you start watching certain content, certain videos, if you look at your YouTube feed and your history, you'll you'll get a pretty good idea tracking what am I actually putting into myself? What am I pouring in? It's actually kind of a, that's the good thing about technology because we wouldn't normally track all this stuff or think about it. We'd forget about it like that. But if you watch videos, they'll actually send you more of that same content, right? So if if you love, you know, you like to watch uh, 
any kind of news channel. They're going to send you that kind of genre. They'll send you more of the information. Um, yeah, if you like politics, if you like fishing videos, I'm watching fishing videos, and I get a lot of these you know, big fish videos, even though I don't fish that much. Or <laughs> I've been watching a lot of like Lionel Messi soccer videos because, my gosh, I didn't know how good he was. But it's, it's beautiful to watch. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting... And a lot of, I love personal finance, so I watch a ton of personal finance, and which, it, you know, there's obviously good things you can meditate on, and as you're moving towards and learning something. Um, so, but what's the, you know, what's the point? We get to choose what content comes in, right? And whatever you put out there, whatever you say, ooh, I'm going to do that or watch that, you know that you actually naturally attract more of that content. Just like the YouTube algorithms, They'll look at what content you're watching, and they'll send you more of that. And then you'll think more and more. You'll see more and more videos on that, that topic. And before you know it, you'll be so immersed in this world because, he, because you've meditated on that so much. And so that was me with a lot of bad news. And I had to, I had to recognize that and shift that perspective. Because I, I actually was starting to, maybe you guys can identify with this, but I was starting to actually wake up in the mornings and I had heaviness on me like god I'm really concerned about what's going on uh, in the world I'm concerned about where this country is going and I was more impressed I think at times with what I saw the enemy doing in many ways and I won't get into any specifics we'll leave the uh, politics out of that one but but the Lord has, he's got higher perspectives, right? I was so immersed in that thing and meditating in that. And you can fill in the blank, right? I mean, there's something every one of us is focused on. And it could be good. And maybe it's stuff that we need to take a break from. Or really just get God's perspective. And I always think it's so good. It's like, how much time do we spend doing this thing? And how much time do we spend in the word of God? And I know that I am, that is an area that I absolutely need to improve on in my life. If I'm going to, if I want to meditate on the word of God, the works of God, and the ways of God, then I'm going to have to par actively participate and change and set my life up so that I'm moving and walking in that place. And I can just say, even being more aware this week, I also noticed that we, we all have times of vulnerability, if you notice. So kind of like, I think of Nehemiah with the wall and how he'd actually, he built it really quickly, but he made sure that as they were building it, they would actually have people covering each other and making sure in our weaknesses, when this part of the wall may be down, he'd actually come in and say, we're going to need to appoint people there that are going to watch your back, that have got you, but we're going to put things in place to cover you to make sure that we're protecting our vulnerabilities. So for me, I, when, I, when I wake up, I am in a daze, like you guys might be able to relate to this. And that's, I, I've pinpointed that that's one of the times where I feel like the enemy tries to sneak in thoughts, um, is when I just wake up, my brain is foggy, I don't know, and I have to be very, and we're not even parents yet. So I can only imagine as parents, if you've got kids, can, yeah, can I get an amen over there? <laughs> If you've got kids, you're tired a lot of the time. 
Maybe you've got some you know, health issues going on. You might be tired or frustrated or constantly in that place. But I think it's so important that we say, okay, I acknowledge those things, but, but God. But God is going to come in, and I'm going to actually be way more impressed by his perspective. I'm going to be more impressed by his ways, his works, and I'm going to meditate on the word of God. So in the morning when I wake up, instead of being like, oh, let me just spend an hour thinking about all the problems and that I'm not doing anything about, and, um, and I'll, you know, I'll feel so much better after that, right? No, that's not how it works. So instead, I said, no, I, I get that this is a vulnerable time for me right now, and I am going to infuse God into this situation. I get to choose. I'm going to... I'm going to throw some fertilizer. I'm going to throw some, I'm going to overseed that, this lawn right here. I'm going to water it. And I'm going to take the mind of Christ and not the, the soulish mind that is influenced by other things. <clears throat> and I just want to say, we are all, we're all starting somewhere, right? There's absolutely no judgment or condemnation and I don't think that there's ever a point where we arrive to anywhere specific. It's always, it's a constant thing. And as humans, I think maybe one of, the, one of our gifts, but also one of the challenges is, at least for me, I forget so easily. And if you look in scripture, every, history repeats itself. I mean, in the world, history repeats itself because we forget. One generation to the next, we just kind of forget stuff. So it's so important that we, we take ownership of this. We're not focused on, on the problems, but we actually build monuments to the Lord. We build testimony logs. We build, um, we build into our days, we actually build moments of just connecting with the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, I get this. This is a thing, but here's my psalm. Here's something that I'm actually going to release. This is who you are. This is your nature. You're the healer. I may not have seen my healing yet, Lord, but you know what? This is who you are, and I'm more impressed by you. I'm more impressed by your nature than I am by this thing. And I'm going to keep declaring your, your ways, your works, and your word over this situation no matter what until the day that I die. And I'm going to take that territory in my mind, right? So I just wanted to I wanted to read Colossians three, and we'll be in verses one and through four. So it says this is Paul speaking to the church at Colossae. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your minds, your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things uh, things above, not on earthly things. For you died. In Christ, we were all we all died at the resurrection. Our old man is dead. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It says, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
I just want to imagine, imagine that we're so saturated with the presence of God. Imagine that we're so saturated with our minds and our hearts. We are so saturated with the word of God, the ways of God, and the works of God. Imagine if we're, we're batting over 1,000. We're 7,000 thoughts out of 6,000 thoughts, right? On the good side of things. Imagine we're at that place. I wonder how much spiritual warfare is going to impact us. I wonder if maybe times will we even be able to detect that something is going on around us in the spirit realm because we are so focused and so saturated on him, we actually don't pay attention to those weeds that are trying to come in because the mind is so healthy. The heart is so healthy. Our thoughts are so focused on him that our first reaction, even when we see a problem, we see a little weed come in, we're like, oh, not impressed. God, you are so good. You, I'm impressed with you. And you trounce out, you drown that thing out, and then it just withers away really quickly. It doesn't get a foothold. It doesn't get a root. You did not conform to the world. You have the mind of Christ. You were focused on stepping into the inheritance that the Father has for you. And so I I just, if you guys would stand, and Dennis, if you could put some, um, just some soaking music on, I just want you guys to receive, I want to pray over you guys. And this is, I am, declaring and praying this over myself as well so i'm going to be receiving but whatever you do do something physical or just do something where you're actually engaging maybe you're whatever whatever that looks like to you engage in some way in some kind of an act with the lord right now to receive and i i just i just believe today that he's actually upgrading our thought processes I believe that he's he's pushing us towards the 7,000 out of 6,000 thoughts right now. That we're taking more and more and more ground today. That we are going to be so saturated by his nature that our first thoughts to any problem, to any situation, to any issue is going to be, ha, but... But yeah, but but God. But I know someone who's greater, so this is what we call a trump card. So Lord, right now I just release, as Paul did, I just release uh, over this church, Lord, and over your just the entire body of Christ, Lord. I release the spirit of wisdom in revelation in the knowledge of god so that we may know you better lord it's about connection with you that when we get in your presence and when we know you when we know your thoughts when we meditate on you lord we actually are getting to know you more we're building relationship with you lord so i just i just declare uh just a blessing on that right now jesus i just say anoint our minds anoint our thoughts I say that we're actually landing places right now for good thoughts. 
we're landing places for heavenly perspectives. Lord, I just declare that we're hearing, we're seated in heavenly places, and so the thoughts that we're getting naturally are actually coming from the third heaven, from the throne room of God. They're the thoughts that you have, your ways, your works, your word, Lord. I declare that over us right now. In Jesus' name. I just declare that we're biblical meditation champions. That we would be so filled with heavenly perspective. And that we'd be so insulated from these weeds. We'd be so insulated from from thoughts that don't have a, a purpose for our lives or don't have a belonging. We'd be so insulated from fiery darts. We'd be so insulated from the enemy. That we would and be so saturated in your presence that we wouldn't be ignorant, Lord, but that we would just say, that's not a, that's really not a big thing at all. And honestly, this doesn't even feel like spiritual warfare because it's just so easy. <laughs> and I'm so saturated in your presence. I'm hidden in Christ. I'm actually insulated from those things. There's no burdens attached to it because I'm so yoked to you, Jesus. I'm connected to the vine. I've been grafted in to the vine. I've been grafted into your nature. This is, this is who I am, and this is who I'm constantly saying my soul is even stepping into in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you that we are, just like we declared over the, the Barretts, Lord, we are atmosphere shifters. We are thermostats. We actually bring the temperature change, Lord, because we're so saturated with you that these that thoughts and what we're meditating on just bubbles out over us. It just bubbles out of us, Lord. And it just so is so impactful, Lord, that we actually see not just the territory in our own minds uh, expand, but it's just so overflowing with the goodness of God, the nature of God, Lord, the works, the ways, the word, that we're actually seeing that transform lives around us as well. That our lawns are rubbing off on other people and that there's there's extra stuff that's just landing over there in the yards around us all those weeds are starting to shrivel up and we're putting and seeing new grass grow healthy healthy thoughts healthy grass lord so god we just receive uh, and i just bless whatever you've you've sown today holy spirit whatever measure that you've you've given to someone i just i bless that on them and I just uh, pour the, the water of the Spirit, the fertilizer of the Spirit. We just overseed that thing. And we just declare health. Health, Lord. We just declare absolute vitality in you. So we just receive these things today. And I just say lock, just lock these things into us, Lord, that we're going to take ground, more and more ground, when it starts with us, but we're going to see that expansion of the kingdom, Lord. I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing and moving. So, Lord, I just declare that you're sealing these things right now in Jesus' name, and I bless everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to stay in a place of receiving, feel free to do so. We'll, 
leave the music on. And if you're just encountering the Lord, um, feel free to do that. And whatever he's saying, maybe he's shifting some thoughts. Maybe he's declaring some things over you. Receive that from him. And then write it down. We forget easily. So write it down if he's giving you something. Remember that thing. We don't want to, just like David did with the Psalms, we don't want to lose that, that thought. David was alive thousands of years ago, and we're benefiting from his experiences and his psalms thousands of years later. So we want that same impact as well. But I just, I release you guys and bless you guys in Jesus' name. Have an amazing, amazing Sunday. And we'll have, uh, if you would like prayer, we'll have a couple people up here for ministry time. If you, if anything resonated with you today, you want to, you just want to say, Lord, I want to, see this advancement or you want someone to partner with you in that please come up we'd love to pray for you if you're looking for healing in anything um anything at all just come on up and we want to bless you guys so love you all and again have an amazing sunday